Everyman Podcast. Everyman. What's up, Brother Jay? Big dog, Daryl Campbell. Everything is up, man. How are you? What's going on? Man, you know what? I just know whenever I see you in that dragon t-shirt, oh, the power. I'm going to get it. The I'm going to get it. Today. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I'm a big believer in channeling my energy through my t-shirts and uh, this dragon t-shirt that I'm wearing. Yes, if you're, if you're imagining it, if you close your eyes here, imagine a yellow... Uh, beautiful canvas with a mm-hmm. great green and yellow and orange dragon with a, a yeah. brave soul, a brave soul uh, knight trying to fight it. it. And yes, it is one of those shirts uh, that I got at the Jersey Shore a boardwalk. So you know exactly the style it is. And I, I love, love it. it. I love it. I love it too. I love it. I love it too. Let me tell you something, Daryl. I'm back from California. Mm-hmm. Went to Nam. Mm-hmm. Went to Disneyland. Went mm-hmm. to San Diego. Yes, you did. And I had myself a time. I know you did, man. And on today's podcast, we have an awesome guest, uh, the one and only, one of the biggest uh, drummers for hire in the music industry, Mm -hmm. Mr. Craig Blundell. Um, And before we get to our interview with Craig Blundell, drummer for Steve Haggett, Steve Wilson, Frost, uh, his own own music that he he puts out, um, rep extraordinaire for for Roland and V Drums. before we get to that, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my experience in a, a California. As Tell they, us about it. As Tell they us. Say. I want to so, hear it all. So we fly out, right? And you know it's going to be a good trip. And I said to my fiance, I said, listen, this is a sign. It's going to be good. We had free drink coupons uh, for Southwest that we forgot to bring oh, with oh, us. Oh. And, and her mom free sent. Drink? Yeah, that's right. And her mom sent us free, free boozes. Mom sent us a picture on the phone, and we showed the lady, and she goes, I'm not really supposed to, but it's okay. And she gave us free drinks. So first 20 minutes, we're like, okay, this is – and I know. I know when I'm catching a groove, okay? Yeah. So so we, we get to we get to L.A., uh, you know, what a, what a town, and, mm. uh, you know, rental car time. Now, I want to shout out the great people of Enterprise Rental Car because they, they, they take care of me uh, in my professional life and also my pleasure life. Yeah. Yeah. So I was blessed with a uh, a V8 Challenger to drive down from LA, the SRT down to uh, San Diego. Let me tell you, Daryl, what a machine! It is. It is a machine. It's it's a, it's a it's a Dodge Mammoth of a machine. Um, you had you experienced one of the you experienced one of the newer ones. I myself had an 04 Challenger straight eight. 533 horse at the rear wheel shout outs to a couple of those uh aftermarket shops out in cleveland when i was playing out there and um i loved every day of it yeah so, that's a ridiculous engine and i love the way it shook and shimmied as i sat in it and mm-hmm. uh, that drive down the pch man it's like um you're coming through the mountains down into the valley and then you, then it opens up and it's like a raw ocean coast that uh, I've never seen before. It was, it was beautiful. So I'm literally uh, burning rubber, you know, down, down the PCH, having a blast, listening to Meshuggah, having a good old time. And, uh, you know, I'd never been to San Diego. So this was a cool, cool experience for me. And I didn't realize how one, how fucking steep the hills are in San Diego. Dude, I'm, I'm bottoming this challenger out nearly you know, left and right. And yes, I did get the insurance. Okay. So yeah. get that $16 yeah. insurance when you're at enterprise. Cause you can bottom out the challenger, you yeah. know, 
and then just bring it back and leave and you're fine. So uh, every man tip there for you. Um, but dude, we went on the USS Midway, uh, aircraft nice. carrier and, you know, I was in my glory cause I'm a, I love gear. I love, you know, I'm, I, I proudly support the military and I, I yep. respect the, what those men and women do. And when you see these, uh, naval aircraft and, and, you know, boats, I mean, it's crazy how yeah. powerful these things are and how big they are. And you start to Massive. realize, you know, kind of what we are, where we are. And, um, right. you know, getting to see a destroyer come into the Harbor, dude, like, just this thing is massive and it is going and it's like this is its slow speed like i can't imagine that thing coming at you with uh you know with guns blazing man that's a scary sight so you know got to talk to a lot of cool veterans that actually served on the ship it was really neat they they they're all kind of you know at their different stations and they'd answer all your questions and now you know i'm standing oh how many tie downs does a f-16 take and they're like well sometimes we'd have to put 18 and i'm like really 18 and you know my fiance she's trying to get to the next thing and i'm talking to these gentlemen about uh you know strap uh strap cables and stuff Mm -hmm. um so i mean yeah dude it it was incredible so you know we went to the san diego zoo i could spend a whole day talking to you about how incredible the san diego zoo is but there's one thing i need to talk about so we we got in there right when it opened and the San Diego zoo is like, makes you feel like you've never been to a zoo before. And that everything you've been to have been animal prisons. And (laughs) this place is like, it's like being dropped into their environment. And you're, yeah, you're so close to the animals and you know, it's just, it's crazy. And nice. so we start with the koala bears, how beautiful they're, they're all snuggled in there, little muscle yeah. balls tucked in there. And they're talking about how aggressive they are. And they have to keep them separate from the, wow. it was really crazy right. and uh, it's t- tough, tough go. So, um, you know, San <laughs> Diego zoo, absolutely beautiful. I've never seen polar bears play before. Every time I've seen a polar bear, they're like, they want to die, you know? Um, yeah. And these ones were literally swimming and playing, th- playing with balls. They got a snow machine in there. It was, it was amazing. So awesome. San Diego Zoo, a fantastique. Um, which brings me to my Disneyland experience. Now, I'd like to first mm-hmm. personally apologize uh, for all of the Disney hate that I have. Uh, the Disney... I used to say, like, well, I don't understand these adults that go to Disneyland or Disney World by themselves without kids. Like, what's wrong with you? What kind of weirdo right. nerd loser are you? And right. I'd like to apologize to all those weird, uh, weirdo nerd losers because I now get it because I went yeah. and I had never had any interest in it because I'm a I was a young boy growing up I didn't really right. wasn't a Disney guy. Now you know they own Marvel, they own Star Wars, they mm-hmm. own friggin' Indiana Jones, they own everything. So yep. Um, you know Disneyland caught my attention because you know they've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge now. So, um, walking into Disneyland happiest place on earth i get it okay cool see some rides do this do that it's time to get to star wars land so you walk through Frontierland, and like you're in this like wild west thing and then you go through a tunnel and then halfway through the tunnel it it transitions to you know like tantooine walls and then like sand and then you start hearing faintly the music switches from Frontierland music to the star wars score like wow. different parts of it, like from, from a new hope. And then yeah. you turn a corner and you come out and it's like, you're in fucking most Eisley's, you know, uh, landing bay. And yeah. the, they have these mountains there that they built. So you can't see out of it. So you really feel like you're in 
Like there's no wow. The, so you're immersed. Like you feel immersed. Yeah, and they have like thing. a no fly zone over Disneyland, so you can't fly over it. So you're you're not seeing helicopters and planes and shit. You're like in there, and then like all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm crying because there's a there's the Millennium Falcon, and, and when I tell you, dudes, the Millennium Falcon, it's like you you can't believe your eyes that you're looking at this thing, and the way they they've got steam coming out of it, and yeah, sirens start going off, and like. You know, I mean, it was just overwhelming. And, yeah. you know, we get in the smuggler's run ride. And by the by the time you get through the queue and you're you're about to get on the ride, you're actually in the bridge of the Millennium Falcon, like where Luke was doing the lightsaber training with the mask yeah. on, the helmet on and the, yeah. the, the, the little vid, uh, digital chessboard game. Like I sat in that little booth and I'm like playing with those buttons, all the buttons like do stuff and you're like playing with them. And then you go into the cockpit of the Falcon and we got to we did it twice. We got to pilot the second time. And bro, let nice. me tell you something. There's a moment in the ride where it's like, okay, we got to make the jump to hyperspace. And you hit different buttons at different times, and you get a score. Yeah. And in order to you know, so all of a sudden the hyperdrive switch lights up, and I'm like, oh my god, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. And it was like, <laughs> and I pulled I pulled the hyperdrive. And then all of a sudden it's like, zoom, you know, and all the lights and the, yeah, the stars yeah. and the, you know, and you're like, you're shaking and shit. And like, dude, again, I'm crying. Here I am. It's like yeah. not even 10 o'clock and I'm, uh, I've been yeah. crying like a baby all day, you nice. know, you know, go to the droid depot after that. But before we go to the droid depot, I'm like, Hey, let me get a churro. We're trying to find my fiance, some Disney Mickey ears. Yeah. Uh, so I'm walking back and I kept something catches my eye and it's a, Three people on a bench. The first person on the bench is very ordinately dressed, wearing a Disney um, le- uh, Disney guide tour badge. Now, Disneyland, if you're a big enough celebrity, you can call them and they'll have they'll give you a, like a chauffeur that basically guides you around the park and gets you on all the rides, so you can just enjoy your time without getting right. hassled by by people like me. <laughs> and um, uh, then I look to his right, and I see a young lady that I kind of recognize. And then next to her, I see a grown man who I immediately, like, there was not a more, like, I, I could I could not have been wrong in this moment. Right. And that man was Macaulay Culkin. Fucking Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay fucking Culkin from Home Alone wow. is sitting on a Home bench alone. right in front of me in Disneyland. I've just ridden the Millennium Falcon and dude. I look over and there's Macaulay Culkin Did with you his, say hi? Did you with like his mustache, up? dude. I didn't know what to do. I was, dude. and I'm not somebody who gets starstruck, okay? Because I've met so many wonderful people and, uh, you know, I, I've gotten over that. And this was the first time I can legitimately remember being starstruck. And I said what? to my fiance, I said, Babe, it's Macaulay Culkin. She goes, Who? <laughs> who? And I'm like, Home Alone. She's like, the robber? I'm like, no, the little boy. That's <laughs> Kevin McAllister. He's right there. That's Macaulay Culkin. And she's like, yeah. how do you know? And I'm like, Bleh. and then like, <laughs> by now, he, I, I see that he sees me. Right? Yeah, he sees and, you. And so I continue to walk and then I stop because she's like, well, go say hi to him. I'm like, no, he's having an ice cream cone. Like, I don't want to interrupt him. I mean, he's clearly, but he was just sitting there and he seems like yeah. a nice guy. And I've seen his podcast and stuff. Big fan. So, big fan of his work. So, <laughs> I pull my phone out and I go to take, I'm like, 
gonna pull it up and take a, like a creepy phone and then i'm like no i can't do this i this is not yeah. I, I say I, I preach against this all the time so yeah. i put my phone away and i just stared there stood there and stared at him for about 10 seconds <laughs> thinking that that was a better option it, it definitely wasn't it's probably made it so much worse my brother jay yeah so much worse <laughs> and then you know i just said you know what cosmic canoe if I see him again, uh, I'll go up and say hello to him. He's probably coming to Star Wars. I didn't see him again for the rest of the day. It kind of haunted my my dream. So oh. saw Macaulay Culkin. Didn't get to meet him, um, but I saw him, and that'll have to do. And that was good enough for me. Um, yeah. So I'd love to know what what Mr. Culkin got into there. And then after that, we you know we we built our our little BB-8 droid. It's like actually a working remote control droid that makes noise and has like Bluetooth and AI. It's crazy. Things insane. That's cool. My fiance you, gets so you guys built your own one. Like yeah, your dude, own, we like, build, dude. You, build, you pick the parts. That's like build a bear, but a robot and you like pick all nice. the parts you assemble it. They have this like, you know, one of those little torque, uh, screwdrivers that's, that's hanging cool. from the ceiling. And it's like, it's like, there's a conveyor belt that's going with all the parts and you can pick whatever parts you want and put them on cool. unreal. So uh, big, gift uh from my from my wonderful fiance was a uh, the the lightsaber experience oh, um yeah. she got me a build your own lightsaber now this thing i uh, can't wait to show this to you daryl is like it's got the weight of a mag light like an old school mag light with batteries yeah. i mean this yeah. thing is heavy as shit yeah. and uh you go into this thing and they're and they're all in character the whole time it's like performance slash build a bear and they're like, you know, oh, you know, you got to choose your kyber crystal. Which one? And I'm like, power and control, baby. Give me that Sith stick, okay? Yeah, yeah, Hook yeah. me up with the Sith crystal. You know, I'm building, I'm picking my parts, I'm putting it together. And then they come around, and then they're like, okay, we got to screw this. And I'm thinking, like, how, where's the blade? How does this happen? They come over with the, uh, with the handle around the table, and they screw it into the table. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And right. then they start playing the the Jedi, uh, you know, New Hope theme at the end when when Luke, um, you know, first realizes his Jedi potential, and the music starts playing, and then this trap door opens up, and a your lightsaber pops out, and you're like, holy shit! And everyone wow. in the room, and, and again, the entire room was like twenty five to thirty year old dudes with yeah. their with their significant others. There was like one family and then all of us are like, you just hear like dudes like, you know, because it's like just too emotional Yeah. and everybody raises their lightsaber and uh, you become a Jedi. And then again, I cry and we go out and I'm, you know, trying to, and I look around and, you know, there's four other dudes crying and it's like, it was just the most <laughs> ridiculous experience in my life. And, you know, then next thing you know, like I'm, I'm posing in front of the, the, the Millennium Falcon at night with my lightsaber and this is my life now. You know, yeah. I got a, I yeah. got a Rey Mysterio mask in San Diego because yeah, he's from San Diego. Awesome. And then next I texting you at like, it's like one in the morning in California. So I think I texted you and Haj at like five, it must be like 5 a.m. your time. You're waking up to, to me all lit it was, up. It was epic, dude. Lit up on the like... street with my, <laughs> with my Lucha mask on. I was like luchador. That's right. You better watch out for lucha man. He comes in. Yeah, he comes man. hard. Nacho libre. That's right, baby. <laughs> so I mean, needless to say, Disneyland, Galaxy's Edge, uh, Disney World also has it. Get there, check it out. It's super sick. Um, and uh, San Diego can't can't uh, can't thank you enough for the hospitality. I want to shout out La Puerta. It was an awesome uh, luchador 
Inspired uh, Mexican restaurant. Who knew that the best Mexican food in America is 20 minutes from Mexico and San Diego? Nice. Apparently, I should have realized that. But all we did was eat fantastic Mexican food all week. It was great. Epic. California Epic. burritos everywhere. In and out. Come on. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, we promised you this Craig Blundell interview. It's coming. I promise. This is a hybrid. And, and there's going to be several more interviews from Nam that are going to be coming out in the next couple weeks here. Nam 2020. Biggest musician, musical instrument trade show in the world. Over 150,000 people there. Uh, beautiful sunny Anaheim. It's fantastic. Nice. You know, you're walking around, you see some crazy things, you see crazy people. Um, some of the most ridiculously um, over accessorized grown men that you can imagine. Guys with, you know, bracelets on both earrings, necklaces, hats, glasses, the whole bit. I mean, it's it's astounding. Probably toe rings. It's probably a big toe ring type place. One of the great things, though, about Nam is the the night scene. And, you know, it's like it's an opportunity to kind of all your touring buddies are in one place and one time. And then all of the best musicians in the world are there. So you see some crazy shows. So Friday night, we get an Uber. We go down to the convention center and we're going into the Hilton to meet up with some friends. And I hear um, a, a familiar song. It was dancing in September. I'm like, man. That sounds really good, like really good, too good for too good to be a tribute band. Um, that's weird. And then I heard over the PA, we're like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I was like, hmm? turns out <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire is playing the Yamaha stage with Tower Power. And uh, guess who's backup vocals? It's none other than Kenny Loggins of Nice, you know, Highway to the Danger Zone. <laughs> You know, okay, <laughs> Mr. Highway to the Danger Zone is running yeah, backup vocals. Yeah. And it, it it's not done there. Not only that, but we have comedy legend Sinbad is the MC of the show. Nice. Slash bongo player. Slash bongo player. And then they start playing James Brown hits left, right, and center. They close the show with Living in America. Oh. And then Sinbad is just shouting out cities. He's up there like, Detroit City, but like Detroit City, and he's like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. You know, like he like he just went through sixty cities, you know, everything he could think of, and um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like it was one of those moments. I was like, this has been a wild week, um, and I'm not sure if this is real right now. Like Sinbad, Kenny Loggins, the Tower of Power, and Earth, Wind, and Fire are all getting together. Yeah, and they're gonna play some James Brown, and uh, yeah. So that was my Friday night. Uh, we, you know, we were hanging out there uh, with, uh, you know, every man, fr friends of the show, former guests, current guests that are coming up. We, we, were, we were with Naveen Copperweiss from, uh, you know, one of the episodes in the archives from the Copper Crap podcast, his fiance Chaney as well. She's coming on the show. Travis, their guitarist, is coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. Sweet. Dusty Waring, of course, from Between the Barry to Me. We were there for his, uh, his new PRS guitar launch. And, uh, I mean, the whole thing was, uh, you know, just fantastic. So. That leads me to Media Time and Craig Blundell. So we get into the trade show. Friday, it's the first thing. I'm, I've am i barely been there a half hour, okay? And uh, we go, we see some. And one of my favorite things about going to NAMM is I get to go to a, the PRS guitar booth, which is one of the most popular guitar brands in the world, one of the best instruments you can get. And I get to see a, you know, a giant 12-foot picture of my good brother, 
uh, Dusty Waring, you know, and it just makes me proud, you know, to see that kind of stuff. And oh, yeah. um, so I, first thing we did, we went up there and, and took a look at that and saw his new signature model, which uh, you guys can check out on uh, Sweetwater.com um, or, you know, PRS.com. And uh, on my way down, I said, OK, we guess we saw Dusty's guitar. Um, we got to head to the media center so I can get set up to do my first interview. My first interview was scheduled for like 12 o'clock. So Sweet. walking down the road. And in the NAM trade show, man, you hear like you hear everything all the time. Like it's a mix. It's like walking into a guitar center times a thousand. So it's like you hear a saxophone, a piano, and a yodeler. But somehow the only <laughs> thing you can see is a drum set. You know what I mean? Like you don't really understand where the sound is coming from. Um, but it's uh, it's bountiful. So I hear um, like kind of something I recognize. So I'm like, oh, wait, hey, let's just pop in here because I know at NAMM you just got to kind of follow the lead. And uh, sure enough, it's uh, my dad's favorite drummer, Mr. Craig Blundell. Now I know nice. what you're thinking. You're thinking, Justin, you're a great drummer. Is, aren't you your father's favorite drummer? Well, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, technically, I guess. But he, <laughs> his favorite drummer is Craig Blundell. He tells me this all the time. And Craig Blundell, uh, he's, a, he's a British fellow, and a really cool thing about him uh, is that he wanted to live this life of, of being a touring professional uh, and play the music he wanted to play. However, um, the world just wasn't ready for him at that time, and he ended up in a, in a career path of being like a demo guy. So I knew about him as the Roland V drum demo guy, because I've been playing Roland V drums since I was 15, the, the electronic yeah. drums. And, yeah. um, you know, big on the big fan of his work there. And, you know, he eventually late in the game, dude, 20 years into it, gets an opportunity to try out for a guy named Stephen Wilson, who's the he, formerly of you know his band Porcupine Tree. He goes out, does his own solo thing, needs a new drummer. And uh, he gets this opportunity, and then he turns that opportunity into playing for literally all of his childhood heroes. And uh, now he just launched his new signature Craig Lundell uh, Mapex snare drum, which was which was not uh, launched at NAM 2020, mm -hmm. and it's uh, available now. Uh, you know, anywhere you guys can get musical instruments, you can check it out at Guitar Center or on Sweetwater, like I said. Sweet. And we talk about that here on the on the interview. And you know. I'm walking down and I saw I saw Craig playing, so I said, "Hey, let's check it out." We watched his demo, and then I see, uh, you know, the artist relations guy after he goes off the stage, and I say to him, "I do my everyman thing." I go, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm here with the Everyman podcast, and is Craig available for an interview?" Sure enough, next thing I know, 15 minutes later, we're walking down to the media hall, sit down with my dad's favorite drummer, the drummer from Stephen Wilson, Steve Hackett, Frost, etc. Mm -hmm. there he is in the flesh the hot shot himself and uh we had a great time and he's you know it's a short interview and there's a little bit of noise in the background we were next to uh the pioneer dj booth and they were scratching it up so you get a little taste of that excellent uh nam environment and uh, an awesome interview with craig and you know he's gonna come back on the show here and uh we'll be seeing him with uh steve hackett on tour here soon he invited us out so we'll be going to that and Sweet. uh you know all in all, man, it's a great trip. Sounds like an everyman uh, ecstasy right there, bro. Everyman you know ecstasy. I mean? You know, that could or be a marketing opportunity. I think, I think an ecstasy yeah. would be good, too. Yeah, ecstasy or odyssey. Or odyssey of ecstasy. Yeah, an odyssey of ecstasy. Yeah, mm. I love it. I love put, it. I'm going to put that in my notes. So uh, I think with that being said, Big Dog, let's kick it to Mr. Craig Blundell. Do it.
Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Everyman Podcast, we have a very, very special guest. We are live at the NAMM show, and the Cosmic Canoe connected me to the one and only, the hotshot himself, Mr. Craig Blundell, drummer to Steve Wilson, Steve Hackett, Frost. Craig, welcome to the Everyman Thank Podcast. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you for having me. It's, sorry there's so much noise around, but uh, I, it's NAMM show, right? Well, you know, it adds a little bit of a uh, little audio taste of, uh, of NAMM for the, for the people out Absolutely. there. So we'll get right into it because I know you got you got a lot of business to attend to here. So yeah. people may know you, most most commonly might know you as the drummer for Stephen Wilson yeah. in, in his solo work. Yeah. Um, I know you from uh, many years of being a gear nerd and seeing you on the, the Roland V-Drum videos. Yeah. Um, and you know, just to quickly catch everyone up, you were kind of in a career path where you were still in the music industry, yeah. but uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you had kind of, you, you were on that path to, to stay in that, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a series of day jobs to pay the bills, like we do as, mu as working musicians. We all got to um, pay the bills. Absolutely, and um, I got an opportunity with Roland to do like Saturday store demos and, and just, so I was kind of trying to immerse myself within the industry and, and you know, just showing off the technology. It was my, it was my route. I, I, I grew up listening to like bands like King Crimson, Yes and Toto, and um, I realized playing progressive music was gonna, always going to be my path, but trying to make the phone to ring for progressive music is... Very is, difficult. Oh, it's really tough. So, um, yeah, along came a, a load of day jobs, and um, yeah, I, here I am, Nam Show. I've got my break like five or six years later, but it's been 20 years of trying and just a series of turning professional not paying the, you know, and then, and then not being able to pay the bills, and then back to the day job, that sort of thing. So, what doesn't break you makes you stronger, right? So, Absolutely, um, I'm very and, privileged. And, and where we get the name from the, for this show, the Everyman Podcast, is it, it's a it's an analogy to the Everyman in life, not yeah. only the Everyman in the NFL, because. For example, professional sports, you may know the Tom Brady's, the 1%, the Peyton Manning's, who everybody knows, but yeah. below them there are hundreds, thousands, Absolutely. tens of thousands of people that are trying to be in those positions that yeah. are working their way there. Yeah. So so when the everyman, when we talk about somebody that's an everyman, uh, Craig, you, my friend, are an absolute everyman oh, because you. you stuck to your, your guns and you, you put your flag in the ground and you kept going to it. So what was the most important thing for you to kind of persevere through those times how did you get through that it was really really difficult at, at that time like really struggling to pay the bills and um, my dad before he passed he was like listen just give make the make the phone ring give yourself more opportunity to the phone for it I, I wanted to play prog music so I went down this really narrow street and I was like okay well I can communicate thankfully I can communicate and um, we have the stereotype of drummers can't really talk they dribble you know you so know I always fuck <laughs> the trend they're always like yeah that idiot drummer in the back well, there you go, right? who's just it's like I'm the business brain <laughs> over here you know it's, yeah um, so I, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. Me and my dad helped me build a studio, so I started teaching, which I absolutely, still to the day, absolutely love teaching. And then I worked in a school a little bit, and then I started writing for TV and film, and started composing my own stuff. And then I started playing other genres of music, so just trying to give the phone more opportunity for, for ring. So instead of just like, you're gonna get a call for prog, I was getting a call for, let's go and do a jazz gig, let's go and do a hip hop gig, let's do a drum and bass gig, let's let's teach, let's go and do a lecture at a school. And um, So keeping yourself kind of in the pool. Yeah, very much so, and it wasn't the actual end goal dream-wise, but all I wanted to do was play, you know, pay the bills, it's like essentially paying the bills in music nowadays is, is a success, isn't it? You know, it's, Absolutely. Not, it's not about front page cover news. If you can pay the bills in whatever capacity, that's a success, and if you can do it with a smile on your face and you feel good about it, you may not have a million bucks in the bank, but you can do it and enjoy it. What? That's so great, you know? It's, it's the best thing in the world. Well, I think the real cool thing, and, and as we segue kind of here into, into talking about uh, your fan interaction, because, you know, I, your, your Facebook blog posts are awesome. They're always very inspiring, and, you. you know, somebody like myself who, you know, I've been in the business now for a couple of years, and 
um, the path that I wanted, similar to yourself, was I wanted to be this progressive metal drummer. And, sure. you know, I had an opportunity to get it to a certain point, and then I switched gears because I realized, like you're saying, you know, you can't really just do that one thing if, if you're, you know, if you want to be a professional drummer, yeah. um, professional musician, period. Um, one of the things I think is really needed is, like, this communication to the fans and, and how you kind of communicate out to them. So what does it mean to you to be able to uh, kind of give like inspiration to people maybe that are in your shoes or, I mean, because we all, we can all relate to being 13, 14 years old and just all you want to do is be a drummer and, you know, how, how do you, what is that like for you to be able to relate to those people and help well, those people out? It's priceless for a start, you know, I, I, I grew up listening to drummers like Neil Peart and Tony Williams and Rest all those, piece. oh jeez, unbelievable. I, um, I, I grew up listening to those guys and they weren't always contactable, you know, you didn't have the platforms you have where you only had one click from anyone in the world nowadays and, um, you know, the thing is about my Facebook, and it, it's not a viral following, but it's, it's a very, very good following of people that like what I do, and I, I, that's, that's a real privilege, because you, you feel like you're a bit of a mentor to these people, you know, and I'd like to think that, that, that I interact, and I know some drummers who remain, or some musicians that will remain nameless, that will get to their arena, take a selfie, and check me out, and uh, for me, it's like, well, how did you get there? What, in, you know, there's a million drummers in their bedroom, or a million guitarists, like, the one, a third, a fifth, an eighth of what you do, why can't we give that back, you know? And yeah. Because those ultimately, those are the people that buy the records. Those are the people that have supported me. Those are the people that, when I get a, 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 like the signature snare drum, those are the people that buy it. Those are the people that give you back. And it's very easy to forget about that when you're a professional musician or a professional entity in any way. So I, for me personally, as, as someone who's a father and, a, and a hopefully a mentor to my, to my son, um, it's the same thing applies. You want to give back, and you want, I want to tell people that's like, try this, try this, try this, and then help people. I'll always, I'll always interact on my socials as much as possible because I think it's very, very important that you are approachable, you are accessible, and you're not up there. You may, you may be one of the best, whatever that means, in the world. You may be on the front cover of a magazine, but you're never too important to send someone an email back and say thank you because I know how that makes me feel when, when my hero doesn't doesn't interact with me or ignores me it makes you feel a bit crappy and, and if if I can send I mean I've been sending out drum head sticks or like people's yeah. birthday presents like that like can my son see your rig damn right you can come and see the rig you know whatever country I'm in if I can spend five minutes to make someone happy then that's, that's half my job you know and it makes me feel really good yeah it, it, it's you know because I see the interaction and I know uh, you know we'll get to this in a second my father you like I said to you uh, offline here yeah. you, you, I, I'm a drummer okay I've been drumming since I was five years old yeah, yeah. you're my father's favorite Drummer. I love that so much. So, <laughs> so shout out to shout out to my my, my papo Anthony. Uh, he's he's listening to this right now. So, um, and I know like you know his friends they they uh, get together and they would go out and they'd see Steve Wilson. And, yeah. You know like you you met the, their friend Debbie at a show one time and you're talking and sending messages and I know like I know because I'm talking to these people in the real world that have had these interactions with you. It really means a lot. Oh, that's great. And uh, you know keep it up and. Uh, I don't have to tell you that, but uh, yeah. it's really it's really cool to see it. Uh, it's genuine because there's a lot of people oh, that are just for show. But I know it's it's uh, it's the real deal. The the, the, the the bottom line is you're never that important. Do you know what I mean? Well, there's, so, also, there's also somebody always uh, above you on. Well, Gucci that's too. right. You know, <laughs> treat people on the way up the way they're going to treat you yeah, on the way down. Right? You're going to see the same people on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true, man. Yeah, that, it really that's, is. A, that's a life lesson for me, right, yeah. right there. You it took know. me a few years to figure that man, out. Man, I've, I've I've known so, I have to remain nameless. I've known so many people who get that little golden ticket on a big gig, yep. and everything changes. They wear sunglasses indoors. That's, yeah. a, that's a no-no. You don't do no, that. You see a lot of that here. I actually was. At, I was. I, we came in from outside. I realized I saw my sunglasses on. I had to take them off. I didn't Man, want to be one of those guys. Like, check yourself. Come on. Yeah. What are you, What are you doing? No. It, you're never too important to be nice. And 
you know, the, the people that have supported me all the way, I'm deeply grateful for that. And, and when the gigs dry up, I want them still be but to by, by my side because in depth, you know, you're not on this, you're never going to have this. I've got this kind of unbelievable path at the moment where, where my stock is rising and signature products here, front of magazines here. There. There's going to come a day where it slows down and you need that people by the side to give you the support. And, and that's really, really important. So if you behave like an ass, then, you know, on and off the tour bus yeah. and on and off social media, that reputation goes a long way. You only have a one click from losing the, losing the gig. Well, uh, there was a, a drummer who I modeled myself after. Uh, somebody I really, really looked up to. Sure. And then uh, one night I happened to be in the same bar as this gentleman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw who this guy really was. Yeah. And it changed my whole... Of it changes everything. It changes everything. Yeah, it changes so everything. it's really cool uh, when you... when you uh, It's like it's the real deal. So I want to talk about your signature snare drum. This is a Thank big you. deal here at NAMM 2020. Uh, tell us a little bit about your 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 new Mapex signature and when when can the fans get a hold of this? This is insane. I, I, uh, you know, I've been a Mapex artist a long time. And um, for those of you, obviously, I know there's not always just drummers listening. There's, there's all fans of sports and everybody listening to now. But it's like... When, when, when you're endorsed or sponsored, everyone can get an endorsement nowadays and get, you know, pay trade plus back and they can stream from the rooftops and that's brilliant, that's amazing. But those kind of A endorsements don't come around so often where, no. you know, on the Hackett gig or the Wilson gig, you've got, I've got a rig in every country when I need it. And um, they spoke to me this year and they're like, we'd love to, to put your name to a drum now. You're kind of hot property. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the king of self-doubt, as you know. And yeah. I was like, Right. Okay. Um, I don't want it to be a vanity project because most 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 things to products are vanity projects. It's something no one's ever going to use. And the artist going, yeah, I've designed this snare drum, which is and square. It's gone in a year. Yeah, yeah, it's gone in a year. I wanted to design a, a drum that people are going to use and people are going to like. So I did this um, walnut maple hybrid thing, and it's 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 beautiful. And um, comes out in the spring. And um, yeah, on the Mapex booth, there's like this nine-foot poster of me, and it's like, really? oh man, mom, you got to check this. Out. I'll have to go get a picture of that <laughs> yeah, for my dad. It's, He'll it's, love that. There's literally the only the, the, the artist on the Mapex these things. This massive picture of me and my snare. It's, it's just that's got to be a trip. I mean, oh, man. you know, like I, I was saying to my fiance here, uh, who's uh, helping us out, yeah. my everyman photographer today. Amazing. Um, Growing up, it was a dream to come, just to come to Nam. Sure. And because I'd always saw it in the first first time I came here, uh, Drumlight sponsors me. They, they do nice. lights and drums. Yeah. And they invited me out as an artist to do a demo for them. And yeah. it was, a, I mean, it was a literal dream come true. And then, you know, for this, uh, Nam actually invited me out to do media here, and it's like, it's similar. You know, I just, it's an honor to be involved. For sure. And I, I can't imagine how. Uh, how great it must feel and just congratulations on your success with that and uh, I you. hope it goes I hope it sells a lot and I'm definitely gonna go check it out thank you very much yeah it's a deep privilege and it's, it's very easy for just people to take it for granted I never take it for granted and that's you know it's just a big tick in the box of like yeah I have this um, list of things I want to achieve in my career and it's another one off the list and I'll never take that for granted what, what a privilege you know it's um, the little English guy gets a, a sing to snare drum but that's all the big hit in American guys which is just it's brilliant it's yeah. really great yeah, there's a couple of those big-headed American drummers walking around here. you got to watch out for them. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I have a lot of friends here as well. I mean, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody loves them. great you, drummers here. And, and it's lovely to walk around the booths and just, as a consumer, just be around. And oh, you get, see stuff you never, that's right. you're never going to see in a store. And people stop you and say, I loved you with Stephen Wilson. I love you with Steve Hackett. And that's like... I could. Last time I was here was seven years ago, and I, I would just walked around. Nobody knew who I was, and that's fine. It was that's the first time you've been back in seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Cosmic that, canoe. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. And it, it was kind of cool. And then, and then on this one, it's just the dynamics changed a little bit, and I had to pinch myself a little bit. It's like, really, it's surreal you, that you people recognize play, yeah. me? Really? 
I'm just like a geek. I'm an absolute nerd, and I, yeah. I, I don't do the rock star nonsense. You know, I'm just a normal working class guy, and I, I, I you're an everyman. It's man, it's it's great, and, and, and you know, to be on pictures of all all these booths and have products everywhere, and have people that genuinely. I mean, I'm doing a signing on Saturday at the Feisty Booth with Charlie Benanti from Anthrax. <laughs> Nico McBrain, I think Vinny's probably Oh yeah, here. just Nico from Iron Maiden. Do you know what I mean? These yeah, guys that, that literally I had on my Sony Walkman, um, check my age kids. <laughs> I was on my Sony Walkman as a kid. These, these guys that were soundtrack to my youth and now I'm next door signing autographs. That, that's wow. just ridiculous. Well, in, you know, kind of like you're saying, um, measures of success I think is something for young musicians to really key in on because when you're young, you're very naive to uh, the reality of the music industry yeah. and you think it's one thing and then you get in it and you find out it's a whole different beast oh, for sure and uh, it, it can be wonderful but it can be very dark and you know there's different levels of measures of success Absolutely. where you know if if you can even just make it to that point yeah and have the respect of your peers even if you know because I know you know there's I've had conversations where people I look up to have validated you know and that's and that to me I don't need to be on the cover of billboard no. or whatever it's the biggest form of endorsement you right. know, for, for me recognition from my peers I once had an email exchange with the great Bill Bruford over oh, and King Crimson and uh, one of my all-time biggest influences like, I love likewise, likewise and just just that validation itself is worth its weight in gold more than any magazine more than anything it's just like the guy who is like I'm hero worshiping the guy you know and doing the signing next to my heroes what, what more do you know? Like, just I'm going to be gushing and taking as many pictures as possible. You know, it's it's it's, it's just brilliant. Yeah, my uh, yes, I was as I was telling you, it was my the first band that I kind of like uh, fell in love with. Yeah. My my middle name is actually Alan. My parents named me after uh, Alan White. Amazing. And uh, you know, Alan White, Bill Bruford, sure. you know, obviously Phil Collins. But uh, I wanted to ask you, who are some of the drummers now? Um, you can give me uh, I don't know, two drummers now and two drummers all time that are that are kind of turning your key right now. Anybody interesting you like? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we spoke about um, Matt Halpin, an amazing drummer. Matt Gosker from Animals as Leaders, an amazing drummer. Benny Greb, amazing drummer. Oh, Benny Greb. There's some great talent out there. Thomas Lang, who I love, my friends with, and, and um, wouldn't you have loved to see how he would have turned out with Dream Theater? Oh, jeez, yeah. I love Mike Mangini. I love you, brother. Oh, Mike's amazing. Yeah, you're yeah. the best drummer uh, for Dream Theater. But when I saw that. Uh, Thomas is a freak show. He's, he's like, I, I would I love check, to see that. I always check for his jeans for extra legs. You know, he's like he's so man, big too. Well, yeah, he's a monster, man. He scares. I, I bumped into him in the car park last night. I was walking out, and this like guy was like Blundell, and I was like, oh, it's Thomas Lang. Somebody's coming to fight me. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah, just yeah, Thomas yeah. Thomas Lang's going to get beaten up by Thomas Lang's armpits. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a beast. And man. you know what? Just on on Thomas Lang, which is so cool to me, was like he was torn with like Madonna. That's right. And then he, he's like, no, no, I want to try out for Dream Theater. Like, yeah, yeah. that tells you like yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, There's some great the, drummers there. But like the the variety, like the the range of skill that you have to have to that's be able right. to, to be able to play right. like that. That's sure. just yeah. So they're my guys from like now. I mean, there's loads of guys around. And um, what about growing up? Growing up, oh, the late. I mean, I'm, as as we all probably are, it, it, it made international news and still does amongst people that don't listen Shock. to drummers. And yeah, the, the great Neil. I was, when I was delivering papers as a child, he was just literally the soundtrack to my youth. Same as Buddy Rich, I went down the Big Bang route as long as Prague, and then Tony Williams, and, and then I went down all the Jack Maccaro groove route, you know. All you Gene, Gene Krupa fan? Oh my god, god. I mean, hands, there was hands. Louis just, Belson, yeah, all those oh, guys. My, Louis Belson with his kicks, and it's just like, do you know what? 
those guys were pioneers, maestros, and, and it's hard to break that mold now because it's all been gone before from guys 50 years ago that absolutely put us on the map to how we play today. And, um, That's incredible. Yeah, I doff my cap at that. Well, Craig, we got to get you off to your next uh, appearance over there at the Roland booth, checking out the V drums. Um, Everybody, where can everybody check you out if they're if they're not already following your Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, on my Facebook, it's Craig Blundell Drums. Uh, my my website is craigblundell.com. Um, I'm on the world tour with Steve Hackett now for the next two years. Um, Me and my dad are gone. We'll see you there. Well, we'll we will we will share a coffee together. I hope, be wonderful. I hope so. Um, yeah, so I, I'm on my Instagram. It's all pretty much Craig Blundell Drums. And uh, yeah, still smiling around the way and uh, trying to inspire people on my journey. Well, brother, keep it up. It's working on me. And uh, I know that the Everman listeners are really going to appreciate this. So uh, that being said, we'll see you around. Thank you, my friend.